It's car con carne. People will notice if you have bad posture. That, that, <laughs> it's just one of those rules of podcasting. If you have b- bad posture, people will call you out on it. <laughs> we're still preparing. That's yeah. why we're all black on a black background. Then you can't even tell that my posture is garbage. That's right. My posture is usually terrible. I, I, I kind of cringe when I watch back on these. I, I'm usually like hunched over or I, I lean back. Or The key is not paying attention to the fact there's a camera there. And oh, look, we're live on Facebook. That's Ike from Buckle Down Brewery. It is Car Con Carne still in quarantine. Quarantine Con Carne sponsored by C&H Financial Services. I'm going to switch to this view so we can get both of us talking at the same time. Uh, Buckle Down is 8700 West 47th Street in Lyons, Buckle Down Brewing. Com. And Ike, as we, as I on Carcon Carne have talked a lot about independent breweries over the past few days, one of the first questions I get to, and I'll ask you, how did Buckle Down, or how, do, how is Buckle Down continuing to manage through COVID-19? Right. So we've been a to-go only operation since, I guess, what, the day after, no, the day before St. Patrick's Day. So I think it was March 16th when kind of the the shelter-in-place order came in, so we we moved pretty quickly to to go to a to-go only option. Now we were nicely set up to do that because we do a lot of beer in cans. Unlike I think some some smaller breweries, we feel terrible for who are stuck, you know, serving growlers. We were able to kind of flex really quickly to to selling out of our big overhead doors. And and really the the big struggle that at that point was it was it was freaking cold out, so we had to uh, had to you know put on the put on the winter hats and the gloves and 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 kind of get out there and get it done i gotta say our our customers and and really the craft beer enthusiast has been unbelievable throughout all this i mean i guess you can look at it and say well what is there to do but drink beer because everybody's stuck at home with nowhere to go and nothing to do um but they certainly didn't go to drink uh, budweiser or miller so i mean it's been an amazing outpouring for us and really the last three three three-ish months have really flown by that's, that's great to hear. And that is a common theme I'm hearing is local communities have made a point of supporting their own, their restaurants, their breweries, their retail. That, that's encouraging to hear. So here you are. I wouldn't say on the other side of it, but edging toward the other yeah. side of things. Yeah. That's yeah. all. Awesome. Oh, sorry. So let's get a little history of Buckle Down. You and your business partner, Sean, basically built this facility from scratch, the facility you're in right now, right? Yep. Which yep. is like super handy beyond being handy. You know, YouTube clips and uh, Harbor Freight tools come in real handy sometimes. But yeah, we opened back in 2013. So now we've been, we're probably a little bit of the elderish state, statesman of, of Chicago Craft Beer being around for coming up on seven years now. That's awesome. And you, before that, this is a common thread, home brewing, you had the bug from many years ago and you just, that was your passion. And that led to where you are today. That's it. And I got, I got lucky enough. I think you, you might've done an interview with Haymarket recently, mm-hmm. right? So I got lucky enough that I, I, in my former office job, we worked right across the street at uh, Halstead and Randolph and kind of watched as Haymarket got built. And I'd been homebrewing for a long time before that. And it was um, amazing. Pete Crowley over there, who is like a Chicago brewing uh, luminary, 
did a ton to help us, took me under his wing, kind of showed me the ropes of how this happens on a bigger scale and, and was really invaluable to, to how we got started. And I think everybody needs, you know, you need those, those helping hands and that community to kind of support you. And it's, it's kind of odd. You would think that it would be a little more cutthroat because there's a ton of breweries, but uh, it's not, it's not really like that. It's sort of frenemy. We're, we're friends, but you know, we also compete. And I think it's, um, it's a nice dynamic and hopefully we can keep that way. And that's what I've heard from a lot of other brewers is it is supportive. And I think there is something to the idea that if one of you is successful, you're all successful. By supporting each other, you're, you're helping the industry. Absolutely. Because if someone has turned on to craft beer in the West Loop and they live out by where you are in Lyons, oh, I had craft beer at Haymarket. Let's, let's give Buckle Down a shot. It's just everyone wins when that awareness and that passion goes up on, on a big level. Absolutely. And I think, you know, craft beer, craft beer drinkers are kind of uh, promiscuous. You know, they like to get around. They like to try new flavors, try new places. Uh, so you're absolutely right. That rising tide definitely does, does float. That's the metaphor I was looking for. That's the metaphor I wanted. Thank you. I'm glad you're on, I'm glad you're on the phone. I, I, yeah, going but, back. You know, because I think everybody, you know, it's such a, it's so driven by new experiences, new flavors, new beers. I mean, just the theme of, of new is such an important thing for us right now. And I think all the breweries, flagships continue to struggle. Everybody wants to try new stuff. They want to try beers that, that don't taste like anything they've had before. And, and I think necessarily to try those experiences, you've got to go to some different breweries and, and try some different stuff. Well, it's kind of like being a music fan too. And I, I see this parallel over and over again. As a music fan, you want to be plugged into all the cool new shit. You want to know what your friends don't know. So there's like a pioneering aspect to being a craft beer fan. Like, oh, I tried ha-cha-cha at, at Buckle Down. Oh, you haven't tried it yet? Oh, really? You should try it. So it there's almost like a pride and ownership or being the first one to plant your flag. 100%. Yep, I think, that's, I think that's right on. That's something I think we forget about sometimes is that, yeah, that's a big thing to be that pioneer, to be the guy that shows up at the social distance gathering with a growler or something nobody's ever had before. That's, that's a nice place to be. Absolutely. Going back to the build out of your facility, it's lovely. We're, we can't really tell right now because it's a little shrouded in darkness, but uh, when you took the space over, it needed a little TLC, didn't it? Absolutely. So it's kind of just a, just a shell of a space, really. There was an auto shop that was here before and you know, there were still the, uh, the lifts and everything when we first moved in. So there was a, a decent amount of demo that had to be done. And yeah, I mean, it was a, a pretty rough space. I mean, if you haven't been here, the ceilings are beautiful. It's like exposed wood. But uh, other than that, it needed a lot, of, uh, a lot of help, certainly to make it into a brewery in terms of infrastructure improvements, uh, putting in the you know, new gas piping and new plumbing and all, all that sexy stuff. Uh, it needed all of that. And for those who haven't been, you're easy enough to get to. I'd say you're probably not quite equidistant, but kind of in between Brookfield and Midway, kind of positioned between those two landmarks. Yep, absolutely. I so, mean, we're... We're minutes from 55 and First Avenue. I mean, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty easy tra uh, trip, really coming from wherever you are because we're so close to 55. And you know, once Brookfield Zoo opens, you take the kids to the zoo, stop by, grab some cans on your way home. That'd be great. Yeah, I hope Brookfield Zoo opens. I just saw they laid a bunch of people off yesterday, which was very very sad. That is brutal. I, I, let's talk about the thing that makes you who you are, Ike. Let's talk about the beer. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. If you're to summarize right. your offerings. 
Yeah, I think we do. We do a pretty broad spectrum. Right now, we've got about 15 beers on tap. We usually have between you know six and ten different beer and beers and cans. Personally, uh, my passion are the classic styles. I love lagers. I'm drinking a, a Mexican style lager right now. I love uh, English styles and you know things that nobody likes to, likes to drink right now are kind of what what my jam is. But we do a lot of different stuff. So you mentioned hot cha cha. That's a Mexican hot chocolate inspired milk stout that has uh, cocoa nibs and ancho chilies and cinnamon and vanilla. It's like a, it's a very delicious beer that doesn't really taste much like beer. Again, not sometimes they're beer flavored, sometimes they're not. We do hazy, so we do, we do a ton of different beers. Um, we do we try to make sure that even though my passion is for more classic styles, we also need to provide our, our drinkers what they're looking for and. And we take a lot of pride in everything we do and the processes that we take to make quality beer. And, and I think they're pretty applicable across uh, really any beer style you want to look at. So we do a big, big variety, hazy, stouts, barrel age, lagers. I mean, we do, we do a little bit of everything. All right. So here's my really basic question for you. What makes an IPA a hazy IPA? Right. So... Yeah, I mean, if you go back to 2013, hazy appearance in a glass was a real big no-no. I mean, we did, we took a lot of steps early on to make sure our beer was as clear as it possibly could be because that's what people wanted to be. Once Instagram kind of came on the scene, clear beer doesn't uh, doesn't photograph nearly as nice <laughs> as uh, an orange hazy does. So again, to your point of being the pioneer, it's harder to broadcast all the cool stuff you're doing with a clear beer. You know, just it's just the way it is. So. So really what, what that haze is, it's like a protein and hop matrix. It's not a yeasty haze. It's a, it's a protein hop haze. So what we do for hazies is we use a ton of oats. That's a, a one is, um, it's a real proteinaceous, proteinaceous, there you go, uh, grain. And it, and it tends to provide a lot of haze forming, uh, precursors to it. And then the second element is you got to dry hop it. Uh, aggressively and uh, ridiculously. So it's um, usually in a regular IPA, you'd, you'd throw dry hops in towards the end of fermentation after about a week. With these beers, you're adding dry hops during fermentation and there's uh, like some magic that happens between the hops and the yeast and they just, these permanent haze forming compounds kick out. And, you know, that's, that's the kind of, I guess, the technical side of it. But yeah, what makes a hazy too is it's just got to be super hoppy. It's got to be really uh, rich and and fruit forward and, and all those, all those delicious things. And again, just changing over the last eight years, it's not about those piney West coast hops at all anymore. It's like how much fruity pineapple citrusy goodness can you get from those hops? That's really what drives things right now. One of my favorite places in the near North suburbs is few, the distillery, yeah. uh, EPW. You make a beer called irresponsible. I don't know why you'd call it that. It's only 11.1 APV. Uh, made in few bourbon and rye barrels. Yeah. That, that sounds fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, that beer started out as a collaboration we did with uh, Greenbush out in uh, southwest Michigan. It was a beer called Reprehensible. <laughs> you know, because their, their thing is kind of like uh, anger. It's like one word, aggressive names. So we're like, why don't we name something Reprehensible? That's pretty, that's pretty aggressive. And then we, we put it into... Uh, into rye bourbon, and that started out as like a, it's a rye, a red rye beer, and we put it into rye barrels, and and that kind of just just morphed into irresponsible. It took reprehensible, and it became irresponsible once it got barrel aged. That's a beer we haven't done in, in a little bit, but um, that's a real tasty one, super unique, 
it's got a ton of rice. It's really, it's got a spicy depth to it. That's, that's really good. And then that, that few, it's the few rye whiskey barrels that we use. Just again, it has that, that spicy oaky note to it. That's a, that's a lovely beer. It's a really nice one. Lovely. Now for a straightforward summer beer, sun's been out, blue skies everywhere. Love tap. Yeah. Love tap's a great summer beer. You know, it's, it's, it's an IPA, but it's not a, it's not like a hop bomb. The, the hops we use is a hop called uh, cashmere, another one called laurel. And then we use a, uh, a hop out of New Zealand called Mutueka. And it's got, they're not like real, I don't know how to describe it. it it's, it's a melony floral kind of hop pro- profile. It's, it's a real nice, like sipping, easy drinker. It's not a hop bomb. It's about 6%. It's a, it's a great beer for the pool or for being outside. It's a real nice one. Going back to the music analogy, there are some music nerds who will go to a show and if there's a really good guitarist, they'll try to get the guitarist's attention as they're setting up instruments to talk about the different pedals and the way sound is routed through. Do you get guys like that who come in, just listening to you talk about beer, do you get guys talking about various hops and minutia? Oh, absolutely. All the time. I've got, uh, I've got some, some uh, pen pals that email me pretty regularly with... Uh, with stories about the beers and what they're tasting. And it actually is really useful because sometimes those guys call out some, some really interesting stuff we hadn't considered before. But yeah, we absolutely have uh, a subset. I would say, you know, we, we've got a real broad customer base everywhere from like, uh, you know, blue collar people that work across the street all the way out to, you know, lawyers or accountants from the city. Um, we have a, a subset of like beer, like the real beer techie guys, but we don't have a ton of those, which is, I guess, a blessing and a curse because you know those guys are pretty important they're they're the pioneers in a lot of cases absolutely all right so buckle down is at 8700 or hundred west 47th in lions uh your hours now are it's a little bit flexing right now but we're still doing to go we're building out our patio now that's probably about a week and a half away from being a reality so right now we do pick up during the weekdays, uh, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and then 4 p.m. to 7. So we've got kind of two different windows. And then on the weekends from uh, 12 to 4. Oh, right on. All right, so we can stop by on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to, I'm, I'm always here on Saturday. I'm mostly here every day. So I'd love, I'd love to have you stop by. Fantastic. All right, we're going to stop the Facebook Live. Thank you, everybody, for watching there. Thank you. And thank you, Ike. No problem, man.